Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. Chip Nellinger is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing in Morton, Illinois. It's nice to have to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. Chip, how are you doing this morning? Hey, doing well, Casey. I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, you got the, the post-workout. I got a little swag here, if you can see nice. my shirt. Moving nice. Iron Podcast. I got that in the mail here a nice. week or so ago. So I'm representing uh, Moving Iron Podcast this morning. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that. And totally uncoincidental. I, I happen to pull I up see that. Leaders, we didn't even you know, call each we, other up and uh, coordinate coordinate that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I appreciate the the uh, the Blue Reef uh, shout out there on your yeah. on your pullover. I appreciate appreciate you wearing a shirt. It was we've had the official kickoff to winter here in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. We've got um, almost snowed. We got some uh, below freezing temperatures coming our way overnight. So we're going to be looking at some slowing of of harvest here i think we've got a ton of rain and we got this happening here so this this freeze that comes saturday is going to kind of finish off corn that's in the field um dry it down get it get start getting it drying down faster but it's that time of the year for us so this is not a big shock but i guess chip as you're looking around what's going on in the uh, in illinois there what are you seeing as far as harvest progress goes yeah we're uh we're grinding right along a lot of people kind of getting finished up with beans here um, going to be, uh, you know, refocused on corn. There was a little bit of rain that moved through kind of the northern, uh, you know, quarter maybe of Illinois. 
Um, and that rain was, was welcome. It's not uh, maybe the right time as far as harvest goes, but there was some decent rain kind of in that Mississippi River Valley. Hopefully some of that was able to uh, run off or get into some of those tributaries and get uh, into and down the Mississippi River because that's a real big uh, bottleneck right now with their low uh, you know, water levels there. But th- this rain is supposed to kind of clear, clear out here. Temperatures, we've been nice and uh, kind of unseasonably warm. I think maybe yesterday was the, uh, the end of it for us. It was almost 80 degrees. going to drop a lot here going into the weekend and next week. Um, but uh, I would say uh, I think the market as of next Monday on the Harvest Progress Report we're expected to be, you know, kind of hit or be above that magical 50% level. And uh, so, you know, once you get to there and up towards that 60% range, typically the market's kind of, you know, digested the the harvest um, and looking ahead instead of worrying about this big harvest glut. And it's kind of right on time with this report we saw yesterday and where we're at on the calendar uh, makes a lot of sense why maybe we've, uh, kind of seen some uh, potential harvest lows in here. And now, obviously, you got a lot of uh, outside market and geopolitical yeah. influences going on as well that could affect things. Yeah, a few things going on in the world right now. Um, you've got, I tell you what, it's just like everything's happening at one time. Um, you've got Putin, who is, he's, he's probably ticked better than Biden when it comes to how he, how he, how mental, how, how his mental state is. But, um, He's talking about you know I'm going to use I'm going to use nuclear missiles, nuclear bombs, and and just end this thing altogether. And of course, I don't know if that's saber rattling or what that is, but when someone says something like that, you kind of have to halfway take it serious a little bit, you know. And then you start looking at um, the Israeli Hamas thing, and you know Iran is really close to jumping in the middle of this deal, so that's going to even escalate it even further. Um, you start seeing stuff like that pop up, and like we talked about beforehand, you're talking about you know oil going up, you know had a big sharp up uh turn this morning you know gold's up like 40 bucks you know now so those are all some pretty significant jumps and in, in something going on there so geopolitically chip as you look at this uh, what, what's your thoughts i guess yeah you know i think it's uh it's a powder keg obviously um and as you mentioned it, it seems like the rest of the world um does a lot of saber rattling right we've heard right. it uh, from from Putin many times, uh, you know, I'm not ruling out nuclear weapons, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, in most cases, it is saber-rattling. Um, in this case, I'm not so sure when you're talking to Israel, if you're, uh, you know, looking at uh, the same type of animal here uh, that the rest of the world, um, you know, exhibits. And, you know, they've been pretty clear. We're going to kill every terrorist. Uh, they gave a 24-hour warning here yesterday. They uh, notified the United Nations to kind of exit, um, you know, to safe passage, um, out of the Gaza strip. And, uh, I don't, um, you know, I think they're serious, you know, I don't think that's a bit of saber rattling. And I think, uh, that they're going to, uh, attempt it and here overnight, uh, you know, early morning, um, in the middle East overnight here, you had Iran say, well, we're going to see, we're going to monitor how this goes as to, uh, you know, what Israel does as to whether we're going to get involved or not. And uh, obviously that sparked a huge um, kind of flight to safety type rally, if you want to call it that. Crude oil is up almost $4. Uh, The gold market, which really is your kind of safe haven market, it's up like $42, $43 uh, an ounce right now. That's a big move for gold. 
And so over this weekend, you know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, as there will be going forward, a lot of nervousness uh, as sure. to what's going to happen with this conflict. Quietly, you know, I mean, all eyes are obviously um, on uh, Israel and the Middle East right now. And then quietly, uh, you know, Russia just continues to bombard the ports and grain facilities uh, in Ukraine. And so now they're able to fly a little bit under the radar because some of the focus, um, you know, uh, is is off of them now, obviously, with the news cycle. So it's a it's a, a scary situation. I think this weekend um, is, uh, you know, frightening in a, in a lot of regards. It's going to have obviously humanitarian implications, but. You know, it's going to spill over, affect all our markets. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, it's the it's the world we live in right now. But it is uh, certainly could be explosively bullish to energies, crude oil. If that happens, we push crude oil, you know, to 100 or over something like that in a in a situation where uh, Iran gets involved. And obviously, that's going to spill over and, and start affecting you know, uh, renewable fuels margins and, you know, probably give some support to corn and beans and soy oil. And that may spill over and even produce uh, some money flow into commodities in general, uh, just because of this inflationary thing. And, you know, uh, that's another thing that's, you know, in the in the gears here is we had a inflation report out yesterday and it's still rare in its ugly head. And, yeah. you know, if you see a big uh, push higher in energy prices in the energy complex, that's just going to, uh, you know, go right to the bottom line and hit the consumer right in the pocketbook uh, when they're kind of stretched thin right now. So you've got this whole domestic economy and world economy involved in it as well. So there's no way to escape it. I mean, we're all uh, interrelated right now. It's going to be a uh, kind of a scary weekend with uh, what's transpiring uh, in Israel. And, uh, you know, the markets are responding accordingly. Yeah, it's uh, just it's just nuts. And then we had the report come out yesterday, which... I don't want to say there was a ton of fireworks there. There was some stuff that was a little bit, huh, didn't, think, didn't see that coming, you know. But it was kind of more of a didn't really blow anything up, you know, things. Yeah, you saw some some uh, buying and some selling take place. But really it was, uh, I mean, the USDA didn't really stretch their neck out too far. No, they didn't. I, I think the biggest thing was we had a really nice, strong reaction to it. Obviously getting some follow through to the upside in the overnight, that probably more is, spillover from, uh, you know, crude oil being up almost four bucks uh, than the report. But, uh, you know, I think two things there. I, I, the uh, the yields did get cut a little bit, um, although that was the average estimate was for a small cut in yields. You know, how they develop that estimate is they take the range from low to high and just split the middle. And so it, it doesn't give a true indication of what the market really thinks. And I think the market had sold off really hard into this report, especially in the case of beans. The funds had exited their entire long position, probably were a little bit net short in beans going into this report. I think there was a huge fear there that the USDA would go up in yields. And so, you know, you almost had a situation where, you know, everybody's leaning uh, on one side of the boat and, uh, you know, not expecting a friendly report, fearing increasing yields. You didn't get that. And then along with that, you had a pretty strong cut in world bean carryout. Uh, I mean, it was uh, about 4 million tons below the average estimate. It was way under the lowest estimate. And so, you know, the bean market, I think, especially was kind of stretched too far one way, expecting uh, bearish numbers, expecting a push back towards or under 12 bucks. And, you know, you just stretch that rubber band too far. And, you know, the shorts uh, ran for cover. You had a big day in beans yesterday. 
you know, at one point they were uh, 40 some cents higher, 50 plus cents off of the overnight lows yesterday. They tried a little dip uh, overnight, and then, you know, by this morning they're back in higher territory. You know, beans up six to seven. So knocking on the door of uh, 13 bucks instead of 12 bucks, like the, like the Bears thought and expected. And that's just what uh, kind of the action that you need, right? We talked earlier kind of approaching that 50% uh, harvested um, level. We're, we're getting to mid-October. It's typically the time frame that you see a harvest low. And this report yesterday, it, it didn't, uh, it, it probably solidified the fact that, you know, it's not wildly bullish, but maybe the market got a little too far ahead of itself. Still tight ending stocks. I mean, 220 million bushel bean carryout, which was unchanged. There's some argument that um, they might likely have to raise the crush going forward uh, on demand. You know, crude oil and energy is going to have part of the, the story there. But point being, stocks to use ratios are still very, very tight on corn and beans. And, and now I think the market uh, kind of says, okay, we kind of know um, within reason what this crop size is going to be. Oh, by the way, South America should be planting beans. The northern two-thirds of Brazil, they have the same situation. It's so dry there, they can't um, you know, do barge traffic. They can't ship corn out of their rivers in the northern portion of Brazil, much like the Mississippi River we're dealing with here. Uh, in southern Brazil, they can't plant because it's flooding rains. And in Argentina, to the south, uh, they're going into their third year of a drought without uh, really much you know, um, healing from that drought over their winter. And so the conditions right now are pretty bad in, in South America. Now, it's early enough because they have a, a long extended growing season. They can still get stuff planted. But if you get too deep in this, then it starts affecting the second crop corn um, you know, in Brazil. And, and so I think the market's now saying, okay, now we kind of know uh, it's not the worst case scenario. We don't have r- rising yields. Bean carryout's still pretty tight at 220 million bushels. And uh, we've got all this uncertainty in the Middle East and the rest of the world. And on top of that, South America is not off to a great start. So we have zero weather risk or, or risk premium in any of our markets. The funds are short huge amounts of corn and wheat. And with all that's going on, you know, maybe, just maybe, we're about to swing the pendulum back the other way now and put a little risk premium in our markets and get the shorts kind of taking some profits and corn and wheat and, and heading for the exits. Yep. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's just one quick thing here. <clears throat> Excuse me. One quick thing here, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Um, as you're looking at your thoughts, so China came out last night or yesterday, I don't remember when it was, but they came out and said, hey, we're going to put this $9.5 trillion um, pool of money together, and we're going to throw it against our uh, stock market. That way, we're going to, no one can lose, and we're all going to all be big winners here. Um, that, that's a significant amount of uh, quantitative, quantitative easing that they're going to be throwing out there. I, they're already in a, in a pickle anyhow, I guess. As you take a look at this, I mean, you can't believe anything that comes out of China anyway, but I mean, as you as you kind of take a look at this, what do you think that's going to do to our export business? Do you think that's going to put more money out there for people to start looking at? Hey, we're gonna we're gonna look at getting some more more stuff over there than, than we've seen in the past. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is a significant um, you know factor that just uh, that you know that news just kind of hit. And so you know, I, I think that just goes right into this whole inflationary aspect of China is going to be seen to be putting um, you know money towards whatever it is, their stock market, stabilize their economy, however you want to spin that. 
um, yeah, that becomes inflationary. And, you know, everyone was worried about China's not buying. And, you know, China has uh, imported a record amount of beans. Yeah. It hasn't been all our beans because of the size of the Brazil bean crop. And they're still right. taking Brazil beans. But, you know, very quietly, all these demand bears are like, oh, you know, our exports are horrible. Our exports were horrible. China's on a holiday last week. Well, you know what? Three days of the week they were on a holiday. They bought U.S. beans. I think they bought U.S. beans twice so far this week. Um, they're buying beans, right? And so if they're going to put a bunch of money into stimulating their economy uh, and their stock market and, and you know putting money into the people's hands, it's no different than what we went through with COVID, right? Sure. Uh, people have money. They're going to spend it, and um, it's going to do its job. Now, in the same breath, that's going to become inflationary, right? They're oh, sure. they're going to uh, export inflation back over here, which may, you know, uh, as a conspiracy theorist, um, I, I'm just I'm not a, a doctorate in conspiracy theory. I'm just I just have my associate degree, yeah. but um, that could be part of this whole process is to stretch us thin on multiple fronts of conflicts, um, continue to crumble our economy. Uh, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And that might be all part of the plan. But for commodities and our, our commodities that China buys uh, of U.S. goods, it could be something that, uh, you know, stabilizes us and becomes a little bit friendly from a demand standpoint. So that may be part of what uh, is into the yeah. bean market as t this morning, as well as obviously these strong crude oil prices. Yeah, I saw that coming. I'm like, man, that seems like a a good opportunity. Because it maybe like, it's the same thing I thought about was, hey, what uh, we saw happen when when all the COVID money came out and people were buying campers and new cars and four wheelers and you know compact tractors and yeah paying down debt and doing home projects and those kind of things and the amount of money that got thrown out there, but then on the back end of that, what we're seeing now is the effects of that and it's going to get going to compound that even more with what's going on with the inflation that we're going to see come out of China too. So yeah. And it's like, um, they're, so I think the take home is they, they still, they still have a big appetite right now. They've yeah. been buying it from cheaper places. And sure. we've said that all along. I, I mean, it, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that we are, they see us as the enemy. They will buy stuff from us if they absolutely have to, but if they can buy it anywhere else, they will. And they've been buying a huge amount of corn, uh, from and beans from Brazil. And, and but those are not never ending supplies, right? They're getting towards the end of it in corn and they can't ship stuff out as fast because of their drought and their river situation. And, you know, all along they've been buying record amounts of stuff. And so eventually that demand is going to shift over here. And this may be something that kind of uh, accelerates that, uh, you know, so to speak. And they've recently bought wheat from us. They've been buying a, a large amount of beans, even though uh, it's down from uh, a year ago level. So it's something that could be, um, you know, fairly friendly here from a demand perspective. And yeah. and that's the other thing about, you know, where we're at on the calendar and harvest. Typically, this is a time frame as you go forward into November and December and the end of the year where our exports do start picking up. So it'd be nice to see a little bit of rain and get those Mississippi River levels up and, and uh, you know, get this grain flowing uh, at a really uh, important time. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chip. Get a place to stop there. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over at Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, just give us a call at our office. It's 309-550-7213. Love to chat with you. Uh, you know, if you're uh, kind of bored in the combine going back and forth and uh, thinking about the markets and your risk management plan, don't hesitate to reach out. Right on, man. Chip, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks a lot, Casey.
Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Go over to the YouTube channel, which is cleverly named the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Check that out there. See the video version of this. Then go to MovingIronLLC.com for everything Moving Iron related. So check that out there. I got some big announcements coming out. Got a new, uh, we booked the uh, Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee. That'd be November 11th, I'm sorry, November 4th through the 6th in. Uh, Nashville chips going to be there going to be talking about what's going on in the world of commodities so more more information about that to come so with that I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger let's go some iron folks out Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment to find more or become an Axon dealer please visit axontire.com Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving